Hi, guys. Okay. Three different types of beverages. Jesus, you're going to have to pee. Uh, gotta stay hydrated, my dudes. Oh, my God. What Did have you brought? Okay. Check, check, one, two. Check me out. Hot power, hot water, hot shower. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, Kevin Feige has been named Chief Creative Officer for all of Marvel. Martin Scorsese still thinks Marvel movies are crap, and now so does Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Don't be like me. Don't fall for the fake Jeremy Renner romance scam spreading throughout BC. And we read every one of the over 600 titles coming to Disney Plus on November the 12th. (laughs) No. No, we don't. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It be the Geek Out Podcast. It's episode 55. We record this on Thursday, October 17th, 2019. Hi, everyone. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone, but I didn't do one this week because we gave away a car. Hey. Hey. Sure did. (laughs) I'm uh, morning. I'm, yes, it was. I'm DJ Boitano, uh, Afternoon Zone, mixtape in the Afternoon Zone. I lost what I did last week. Well, whatever. Yeah, I was so great last week. Hello, I'm Paul Blasino. And I'm Art Aronson. (laughs) (laughs) Paul wasn't done. (laughs) Did you actually mean to cut him off, or was that all you were going to say, Paul? That's all, that's all. Oh, brilliant. uh, Kirsten sends her regrets. She has just finished up, I believe, uh, an eight-day work week, and so should probably be sleeping. Excuses, excuses. She wants congrats. What was that? She was going to say she wants a measly one day off (laughs) before she starts five days again. What a wuss. What a lazy bones. Mm -hmm. Congratulations to her husband, who's now going to be a Canadian citizen, like right any day now. Huzzah! Um, He was practicing the Canadian national anthem (laughs) last night. That was Uh, so great. She said to me that he kept saying, our home and nice land. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nicest land our home he's not nicest wrong land. he's not it's wrong a very nice land yeah we should all be very honored to have johnny james as a, as a canadian yeah canadian. he's a good guy oh he's a real good guy this week on buds weekly geek out there was no buds weekly geek out so we're gonna go straight into the news but why don't we do for the geek out portion because it's a nice little warm-up okay sure why don't you talk about the arrows at live orcs thing that's geeky kind of a sure that is the arrows at live orcs thing absolutely sure i will talk about this with no prep whatsoever good call paul in abbotsford there's a thing called the uh, what was it chest in the chest the, hun- the haunted chest little attraction in Abbotsford where there you there's your haunted houses and you go and you walk the route and actors jump out and they say yeah. or whatever and you go ah but now you go in there with a bow and arrow and you shoot them and I also just learned they serve alcohol too so this what? is a great combo yeah, for real. <laughs> what? a great combo for a fun night out is shooting arrows which they say are padded Although in the promo photos, we don't see anything like that. <laughs> now, if they had something like that out at Gailey Farms, oh, 100%, I'm 100%. there. I am there. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I know. It's like, it's at night, the pathway you go, and you go in this like tavern tent, they say, and they f- feed you booze. <laughs> and then they give you this bow and arrow. They teach you how to shoot a little archery if you're like not that good at it or whatever. And then you, they send you out on a path that's all lit up by these solar... Um, thing, like lights on the ground through the woods and then you get actors jumping out at you in orc costumes and then you get to shoot your arrow at them and if you don't you've got like a little LED light that turns between red and green so yes. if it's green you're alive if your it's life red force. you're dead it's great your life force I mean 
for a guy who's spent, I don't know, maybe 10,000 hours now playing Breath of the Wild and as obsessed with Legend of Zelda, <laughs> this sounds amazingly fun to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I'm sure it's safety first. There's no way they're out there, like, murdering people with arrows. Although, the lack of padding in the... Because we have this thing here called uh, Clash of Arrows, is it? Yeah. I was yeah. just about to say, it's like, we can make this happen with Gailey Farms. We, get, we can get oh, Clash of Arrows can. and Gailey Farms together. So, Rob Gailey... And the guy that owns Clash of Arrows is uh, DDA Vincent. We can get them together. We can make we can make this happen. That'd be perfect. We, the um, Pod Productions Clash exactly. Yeah, and then we'll get ten percent. Yeah, Clash of Arrows is a great idea where there are these. It's it's kind of like your old toy bow and arrows uh, with the sort of the hollow plastic or maybe they're not hollow plastic. But oh, they're, no, they're like, like nerf. are they? They're pretty but the, hardcore bow and arrows. Are they? But the, yeah. oh yeah, the, the the bows are legit. The arrows are, have this this densely packed foam marshmallow on the front of it. But they hurt to get hit with. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's, they're coming at I you. I got shot in the stomach with one. Oh. Did, it hurt? Did you get a bruise? It uh, made a little bit of a welt, but it's kind of like paintball in that way. I was going to say, yeah. this is, yeah, this strikes me as paintball. But just with, it's bow and arrows. It's yeah. all medieval times. But I got to say, if orcs. if I've had maybe a few drinks, oh, and then a guy in an orc costume is coming at me to, to try to take my life force, yeah. and I, I miss with my first shot of the bow and arrow, he's getting kicked in the face. <laughs> That's right, too. Yeah, what's the level of touching that needs to happen yeah. for the life force drain? I don't know. <laughs> I'd be like, stay the fuck away from my life force! <laughs> <and punch." laughs> um, so, lawsuit waiting to happen or not? Yeah, I can't see anything going wrong with this at all. I mean, that looks so much fun. It that does. so rad. Yeah. Dress up, too. Definitely. That's yeah, oh, yeah, do. yeah. The people in the promo photos obviously dressed up. 100%. So. Kevin Feige has been named Chief Creative Officer of Marvel. Of, of Marvel, of Marvel. He was formerly just president of Marvel Studios. So now for all of Marvel land. So he, he is, basically has creative control of not just the movies, but also all the television shows and the comic storylines. Wow. Which, um, when we posted this on, or somebody posted it on one I of our Mary Facebook posted, pods, yeah. group pods or whatever, group group chat on Facebook, uh, my friend Maul messaged on there and commented and said, Hopefully this will sort out the dumpster fire that is the comics right now. Is that true, Brian? Do you know the comics in a real way? Well, the comics get very ridiculous, but you kind of, as a comic reader, you just sort of learn to accept that the the storylines can go all sorts of different ways, right? right? So if there's a Kevin Feige-led comic run... That would be my my new six one six. You know, that right. would be mm-hmm. that's the universe that I would follow. The Feige because I love his story. That's a great way to put it. The Feige verse. The Feige verse. Because yeah, he's so passionate and has such a great handle on the entirety of this universe. Why not? This he's got his hands in everything already. Is this maybe just a little bit too much? Are you for worried? Kevin is he Feige? getting spread a little thin? Yeah. Are you worried about him? Is he not spending enough time with you? Well, maybe he's not <laughs> spending enough time on Star Wars, guys. He's supposed to save Star Wars. That's his right? job, though. That's his job. Okay. He, he, he should be able to. If you can't multitask in a, the entertainment business, then you really shouldn't be in the entertainment business. Well, I'm not saying yeah. he can't multitask. It's just you well, know. you kind of are. Putting words in my mouth, and I'm just saying that perhaps maybe he's spread a little thin here. Hello, my name is Barack Obama and/or Justin Trudeau. I'm going to take a very centrist look at this. Here we go. Um, That uh, I see it both ways. I see it that he's very, very capable and like an an excellent storyteller, master storyteller. 
I also see Art's thing as like this is a lot on your plate all at once. So while yeah, I'm I'm happy for anything Marvel related, I guess, to be under the steady hand of Kevin Feige. He's mm-hmm. great. I also wonder it's just like could there not be a way to coach up other young promising millionaire producers to be as good? Can we not like set up a Kevin Feige, you know, as like school for the gifted producers <laughs> where they, you know, sit and, and learn from him, like lean learn lessons? Honestly, the best plan, the best way to be a good leader is to have good people underneath you. This guy gets hit by a bus, we're effed. Right. You know, it's true. Pop culturally. So yeah, it seems like a lot of eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. But then the role of a producer is like I and I think maybe that's the thing is that we don't necessarily know the full scope of a role of a producer, but it's not as hands on as, say, being a director or being on set or being an actor or whatever. You should be able to have many projects on the go as the producer and as the person that just has the final say on things. So there are people dreaming up things like obviously he had a hand in helping um, form the storyline for Endgame, but obviously, you know, Marcus McFeely, the Russo um, brothers, the Russo brothers yeah. all those other things. He had a whole team of talented people that's true. underneath him, right? And so, maybe that's what he's good at, is he's good at an eye for talent. As finding finding right? that ta- yeah, the, yeah. The, the, those talented people. And what about Jeff Loeb, who was doing the TV? So that means he's just out, maybe. He's not out. He's just, he reports to somebody different now. Okay, he so these people just, reports it's to. just, yeah, just another. It's just the, the chain. The structure. structure. Yeah. yeah so structure. what happened to that guy with the funny name who was a big Trump supporter? Who's that? Remember he was Pearl, the head of Marvel? Pearl Is Nutter? he out? Yeah, Pearl, Pearl Nutter. He's still there. Doing he's like what? the chairman or something yeah, like but that. I, oh, God. Yeah. I know, like, I don't think anybody was pushed out of, out of this, but, um... Roles, I know, have changed within, like, the the corporate structure. All right, we're all just dancing around what we really want to know here. But look up, what's his net worth? What is Feige worth after make, putting out billions of dollar movies? He's fucking God now well, Let's Hollywood. go. Let's get our going here. What's, what's, he, what's the guy raking in here? I typed in, what is Kevin Feige? And net worth was the first one that came up. Gotta know it. Uh, as He's earned over $10 billion. Billions? Well, that's how much he, his movies. Yeah, yeah. Movies. How many <laughs> Uh, his net worth is close to 70 million United States dollars. Was every penny? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Buys a lot of baseball caps. Oh, get in there and tax him to death, Bernie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this also means that he won't, you know, he won't have his hands too far in Star Wars. I think that's another thing that we've kind of, that kind of follows this, right? Yeah, it depends. Like, he'll probably have signing power for for whatever good that will do. But yeah, with all this. Yeah. Oh my god, man. What can you yeah. Yeah. Focus. Like, we could eat. Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Anyways, good for you, Kevin Feige. Well, Your let's god. remember this day. Let's see if the quality of these things goes up or down or stays the same. On a related note, Marvel has promised to continue to uh let Deadpool play in the R-rated universe. So continued continued swears and hilarity for Deadpool. So that's good. Yeah, this was something that I had questioned before with uh, the takeover, the hostile takeover. You can't sanitize something like Deadpool. You no, just can't. You can't. But it's this is under great. the Disney umbrella now, and does Disney want to be a part of this, right? That's that's the question. I going think, in. though, when it comes to like morals and ethics yeah. versus does this shit make money? Yes. The, the shit makes money, so yeah. they're not <laughs> doing it. For it's, a long time, you know, it's like Disney's 
their their vibe was or their reputation was being squeaky clean. But yeah. no, that's no. not what their thing is. Plus, their thing is crushing money. Yeah. Okay. Their thing is being the shrewdest business people in the entertainment industry. That's what they're about. Not like, ha oh, you know, like so if they know that Deadpool makes money rated R, they continue to crush money and with Deadpool rated R. I think the, to credit to Disney and Marvel, they're gonna they're not gonna try to fix something that's not broken yeah. and that's the one of the only things in um the fox x-men franchise that wasn't broken mm -hmm. so why would they try to mess with that exactly let's get our wolverine deadpool we need that <laughs> oh, we geez. need that right he jackman and I would not Ryan be surprised Reynolds. if jackman gets a little cameo in that next deadpool absolutely no, yeah 100 no. percent. not as wolverine 100%. but yeah not as yeah likely yeah. not as wolverine yeah but then they'll obviously make some sort of meta reference of to course. him being Wolverine. Yeah. But that's what I'm looking forward to with Deadpool um, being in the MCU and his first MCU movie is that there's going to be a lot of jokes about the you know the Disney Fox takeover. Oh, yeah. I love that. was one of my favorite parts in that uh, Once Upon a Deadpool or whatever. With... Did anybody see that? No. I saw it. Oh, how yeah, was it? I saw it? It was, you know, I, I'd prefer swears and Sure, blood, sure, you know? sure, yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it wasn't great and i wouldn't have gone to see it again in the theaters i figured the storytelling aspect of it would wear thin pretty quick yeah but then yeah. it's like the those scenes with fred savage yeah there were some pretty funny ones because then they they just added some jokes like yeah. they added jokes about marvel being licensed by fox perfect you know and, yeah. and how that whole deal works and stuff so which is just <laughs> such on brand for deadpool and yeah. his his awareness of the world that he's in yeah Yes. And the like, inclusion of the adult Fred Savage. I can't. This is amazing to yeah. me. Um, did you bring your kids to it? No, I. Well, I have. I had it. <laughs> so I was watching it at home, and I still didn't really let them watch it. Yeah, just yeah. Like, well, this does to your point, Brian. I think this actually breathes a lot of new life into Deadpool. After mm -hmm. two movies, I was like, I get it. He swears. There's violence. I yeah. understand. It's Ryan Reynolds doing whatever the fuck he wants. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm kind of that's that's to the end. I know there are hard hardcore Deadpool fans who just love him to death no matter what because of those things. But to me, it's novelty and it weared off. And I think I think this Disney takeover of Fox is kind of a blessing for the Deadpool yes. franchise because it was a it it's allowed it to breathe because yes. they haven't done anything with it. There, there was right. this was just a meeting because if it was still under the. Uh, under the helm of Fox, very likely they would have been, just been like, let's push something ahead. out. Let's yeah. go. Deadpool 3, gotta strike while the iron's hot. That's yeah. what their mantra is. No, just let it breathe for a bit and let this, like you said, with all these like extra meta jokes that can be pushed into it now, mm -hmm. this breathes a lot of new life into Deadpool 3. Yeah. My interest, again, is heightened. What I'd love to see is... Deadpool wrecking a Disney property like I'd love him to see like like a car chase or something or something that go that involves just just because that's just how bald faced it is. Do you know what do you know what this made me think of, Bud, when you say that? Is Deadpool at Disneyland. Did I not just say that? that? No, it just like struck this inspiration to me. Can you imagine like he has he like a car chase through Disneyland? Yeah. And now that's exactly what I mean. Do you know what else I'm thinking about too? When's the last time there was like an action movie or something where it takes place at a theme park? And why doesn't Disney do something like that? I mean they never would, because no one wants to think about there's a bomb on the Matterhorn or something. Right, right. But like you know how like in every movie it's like they always keep up in the stakes it's like uh the, the 20 million people will die well and now, now a whole city this. well now a country well now the world well now half the universe is like okay set 
your movie at Disneyland. Yep. Stakes enough. Number one, yep. a human part of me is like, oh my God, families. Yeah. Number two, I love, what? Oh no, oh my God, you can never recreate the Peter Pan ride if it blowed up, right? Like, <laughs> do, do, Disneyland belongs in all of our hearts. Yeah. Set it there. Yeah. And the promo photos of Deadpool wearing the Mickey ears, like maybe one of them. That's you. I'm just saying, like so any, like imagine like a Die Hard set at yes. Disneyland. That's what I'm saying. It'd be the perfect tie-in because it's the perfect disparity between Deadpool and Disney. Well, I get ew, nothing ew, to ew, do ew, with Deadpool. Dang. I'm just saying, like a Beyond Deadpool. Oh, okay, okay. Beyond just, any action movie. You just want, okay, sure. Just you just want being at Disneyland, Disneyland to be the setting. Yes. Okay. All right. Now I back to Deadpool. Yeah, it would right. be fun to see Deadpool wearing Mickey Mouse yeah. ears. <laughs> Also, Ryan Reynolds' social media in itself, and him sometimes like sh- he'll show up in a picture as Deadpool or oh, or whatever. So I think his social media game is what's keeping kind of Deadpool like fans kind of satiated until we get another movie. Speaking of Ryan Reynolds' social media, uh, today is the seventeenth, so that means well, we'll come out on the eighteenth. So basically, you got a couple days until Monday, which is voting day. Uh, please vote. A lot of us voted in the uh, advanced polls, and Ryan Reynolds has posted a Twitter photo of him, and he's patting his wife's head, I think, and there's a small child, although it looks like... <laughs> and they're in the woods. It literally looks like the child's face is Interfino. made of a drawn, happy face. I don't understand. <laughs> I love BC, he says. I want my daughters to experience the same natural playground I grew up in. On October 21st, the candidate you vote for will shape climate policy. I'm proud of the climate progress made in the last four years. Cluckelections.ca for voting inf- info. Hashtag Capilano. Oh, shit. So I was going to say, oh, somebody voted green, but now it looks like you voted liberal. That, yeah. I, he's proud of the progress. Yeah. Okay. So, where are you guys on celebrities, you know, getting their nose into politics? I'm mm. all for celebrities encouraging people to vote. Yeah. Yeah. And this wasn't uh, like a flat-out Barack Obama tweet, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like yesterday. But, uh, that was, yeah. That was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I mean... To recap, Barack Obama basically endorsed uh, Justin Trudeau. Yeah. For the election. Shocking. <laughs> so, so, they're both so centrist. Um, that was my joke earlier. That I, I got it. Yeah, got uh, it. I, I got that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that at all either. I think that's an, a really nice little message. I mean, what's like, what what, what else are you going to do with your celebrity and your platform and your audience of how many Twitter followers, millions? If not, put out a nice message like that. Hey, look, I like the environment. My wife and I are out in the woods. That's pleasant. What else? There's a lot worse things people are doing on social media. I'll say that. I, I'm not like. Hornswoggled and brainwashed by it. I'm not like, oh my god, I gotta do a thing because a celebrity told me just because they acted in a movie one time and got to be millionaires after it. No, but they have the awareness. You know, That's they right. have the, the the they can get the message out. And the message, I mean, as media people, I always feel the message should be as generic as possible because there's a reason you don't talk about politics or religion is because those are just like firestorms of differences of, of opinion and debate win. and devolving into trolls and name calling and mm. uh, yeah I mean it's That's a subtle bad, tweet it's a subtle smart tweet is what it is yeah please join me on my new podcast politics and religion with Paul Blasino yeah. politics <laughs> and religion That's, That's right. Really, That's oh. sure to get all kinds of fire interesting <laughs> things in life that would yeah it's a bad idea so we touched on the Martin Scorsese thing last week all right. So I, okay, I I wasn't here last week. Okay, was go, sick. go. Yeah, please. <laughs> Martin Scorsese is, he's one of my favorite directors. 
He is. He's one of the greatest directors who've ever who's ever lived. He's pretty darn good at his job. And when he came out a week ago or whatever and, you know, had his comments about it being like a theme park going to the theater. That, I think that was his not quote. cinema. Yeah, and they're not cinema, even though they're in cinema. So it's cinema. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was okay. I was ready to forgive him. I was Uh-oh. like, you know what? He can go ahead and say that. He's wrong. He's an old man. He didn't realize yeah. he stole these batteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, this week, he f- he doubled down. He doubled most the fuck down. He more than doubled down. <laughs> he came out and told everybody, told everybody that theaters should not play Marvel movies. Yeah. And you know what this is? This is Sour Grapes is what this is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Clearly, because his movie isn't getting into theaters, and he's upset by that. Is he got something out right now that he's trying to sell that's the not doing that? What? <laughs> the Irishman. The Irishman. But they, like, it was a Netflix. It didn't, didn't get sold to a, to yeah. a oh. theater. That's release. what this is about, actually. Oh, said Clearly. Right. Uh, and he's acting like there weren't populous, over-the-top action movies back in the 80s and right. the 90s. Right. That, you know, Marvel back. Marvel just happened, has happened to perfect it. <laughs> and yes, they're making a shitload of money. It doesn't mean he has to be upset about it. Oh, he's just flat out wrong here. And I love Martin Scorsese. Oh, I, guys. I agree. I, it's, it's such a bonehead, dumbass thing to it's say. so dumb. Like, there is an argument for, like, different levels of cinema. There's an argument for, like, various qualities of the media. It's like, but to say that we shouldn't go to movie theaters or that theaters shouldn't show them, it's like... How fucking out of touch and, and dopey are you about this? And what did he say? He said, I, I haven't even watched them. Like, how can he say this after not even he's, watching he's them? Tried. He's, he's tried. He's tried. Oh, he's tried. What does that mean? Watch the trailer? Well, he put it on, on past 7.30, and so he fell asleep in his chair. Could be. But, um, you know, I think it's like, as well, this is a nice thing that's happening, actually, Martin Scorsese. It's like, I'm so sorry that people aren't flocking out to the movie theaters and putting on their fur coats and their, you know, it's like uh, uh, pearl necklaces and their tuxedos to go out to a movie to watch your movie. Mm-hmm. But that nice thing is that they have this intimate experience by watching The Irishman at home on Netflix and the big blockbuster movies that are like that benefit from having a giant screen and surround sound and people around you munching popcorn and clapping and everything. Those movies actually benefit from that so it's kind of a nice thing that's happening technology is giving us this nice little utopia where things go where they need to go and rather than celebrating that or being like what an interesting development in my lifetime he's like i'm upset yeah why do you have to be mad about it why do you have to harp on it like that why are these movies getting made they're getting made because people want to see this kind of spectacle right and he's upset with that i don't know well he's upset with it though like i to me, I kind of see if if I'm trying to read under the layers of of what is making him so upset, it's just the fact that he's getting less money. He's making a movie like yeah. kind of like how he's made in the past, yeah. but now it's not even getting a theatrical release. Um, I don't think that's Marvel's fault, no. and I think the comments that he's making, he's while he's right to say it, it comes off to me as very snobby. You know, like, out of touch. Yeah, yeah, kind of out of touch, kind of snobby. Kind of that, like I was saying, um, elitist last week. Yeah. And yeah. these are comic book movies. You know, a lot of them they used to be made for just kids, right? Mm-hmm. And here they are being made for all audiences, and that's why everybody goes and sees them. But this and is they're the done that, really well. This is the thing that Scorsese doesn't seem to, to understand: is who the audience is, uh, how the audience has, has evolved, and who these films are being built yeah. for. I mean, people can't, you can't take your kid to go watch a Scorsese film, right? Yeah. 
So and, and listen, I, I want to say again here, as I want to slide back to the middle of this issue, <laughs> that I also do want to see good and smart movies and Scorsese-type movies still have a place in the movie theater, okay? I think there's room for both. I think what this does is, with all the Netflix and everything, it just, like, makes the cream rise to the top, okay? If you got, let's say, you know, it's like mo- most, most cities, most... Any urban center, even the size of Victoria or small towns across the United States, have gigantic like multiplex, Colossus or or Silver City style movie theaters with like thirty screens in them, or like let's even a dozen screens. Okay, plenty of fucking room for movies. Mm -hmm. Let's say even you know downtown, take the Capital Six, which has got six screens showing movies, right? You know, which at one point was the pinnacle of theater in Victoria. Six. Yeah. Look at room for Marvel movie. Room for a Scorsese movie, room for a dumb rom-com. There's, there's room for fucking movies, okay? And I, yes, I would love to see to make sure that movie theaters still have a Scorsese-style movie in them alongside their Marvel movies, you know, so that choice is there. It would be a shame if it was, like, six screens, five of them are Marvel, and then you got one, like, a rom-com or something. I, I... I, that's why I love Capital Six is very often if there is like an artier or oh, like a more wide you know, cinematic or whatever, if you want to be elitist like that type of movie, there, it's there. I appreciate that. I like that movie going experience too. But hey, they got to be good, old man. Yeah, Ooh. but that gives you your choice, you know, yeah. and that's the that's the most important part about the democratic society. I think it says something about our society right now in like escapism, right? Like right yeah. now there is so much media out there. Everybody sees the real world shit that's going out there. And when they go to the theater, they want something maybe a little bit lighter, you know? They don't have to jump into Goodfellas. Or we need this. Taxi, You're right? right? We, you know, you need a superhero. You need something to look up to four too, so oh, sure. I think that's part of it as well. Uh, and I, I see this is next on our list with Jennifer Aniston also coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to read this exact Ooh, yeah, quote. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston from films such as Murder Mystery and Just Go with It claims Marvel is diminishing cinema. High five to Brian for that. Right, that's yeah, a good sorry. one. Uh, she's so also good. inferring that I think if you like read the article, she you know she she thinks there should be more rom coms out there or something. I don't know. But do you think people would actually go to the theater and watch? Watch a rom-com like if the marvel movies didn't exist all these people would flock to see terms of endearment or something yeah that's, that's what, kind I'm of what she's inferring and it, also scorsese too yeah it's a very uh, narrow vision and very dismissive to to just presume that the kind of movies that you make or enjoy should be the movies that all the people want to see yeah. that's not how the world works yeah, exactly. the world is wonderful and great because it is a melty pot of different personalities and opinions and uh, flavors and and likes and dislikes that's tapestry how it works that's you right. know that's right what you're seeing in uh, what's uh, this is the uh, quote from jennifer aniston you're seeing what's available out there and it's just diminishing and diminishing in terms of it's big marvel movies or things that i'm not uh a part of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or things that I'm not just asked to do or that really interested in living in a green screen. <laughs> See, and that's, again, she, she doesn't necessarily... She just she sees one aspect of the Marvel movie, movie filmmaking mm-hmm. process, and then she's putting all of that into yeah. a box without taking into into consideration, you know, the actual writing that's involved in crafting these. The, the challenge that, you know, it takes to make 23 movies... You know, have an overarching, you know, story arc for characters, for like for the individual characters that are in them, or for, uh, you know, what's going to happen kind of down the line. That in itself is is the big challenge. But 
Again, with, Brian, with her comp- yeah. take any single one of the Marvel movies up against fucking mur- murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ant-Man I hope the versus next- murder mystery. Like, honestly, like, I hope the next words out of her mouth was like, listen, I've shit out some real dumpers as well, but uh, you know, what are you going to do? And it's not. It's just like, it's just, that's a hypocrite thing to say. No, it, it's, and it's, it, I think it stems from jealousy. Really, yeah. from jealousy, from sure. you know, just you know, read your line. Did you write that one too? Yeah, that's the uh, the the other people who landed the Marvel roles are Gwyneth Paltrow and Angelina Jolie, the other Brad Pitt love interest. Ooh. Oh, snap. okay. Sorry, oh, snap. Shit. <laughs> I was a little, I was a little angry when uh, I saw now? that. Um, but yeah, it 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 just kind of stems from jealousy, and she's not you know getting good roles herself, or she's not making great movies. Her job is a joke. She's broke. Her love life's DOA. <laughs> Whoa, damn, dude! Uh, what are you gonna say next? That Seinfeld isn't good. <laughs> oh boy, the better one <laughs> from that era of NBC television. I I'm I'm interested to see how we look back at this time after yeah. this Marvel run, just like because she. Scorsese and Aniston, they're not the only people to think this way. I have friends who think this way as well. So I'm interested to see, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when we look back at this time. Whether these were like cultural touchstones kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, Like, are we going to remember this as a good thing, a bad thing, or what is it going to be? Right? Very, very interested to, to jump in time and see that. Where's the DeLorean? So... I was. Gonna, I'm just. Gonna, their murder mystery is maybe getting a another uh, or a sequel. Ooh, uh, whatever. Okay, so I got through 20 minutes of murder mystery, Jennifer <laughs> Aniston, and I could not watch anymore. I just couldn't. And I, I like Jennifer Aniston, and I like Adam Sandler, and I love just go with it. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but I could not fucking watch murder mystery. Did you finish it, Paul? Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's a real piece of oh, shit. Oh, man. It's awful. Oh, it's I, brutal. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I've said it before. I like murder mysteries is why I was on. I was like, oh, neat, a mystery. And it sucked so much. Hey, we're going to go see that uh, 12 Knives movie, whatever that's yeah, called. Yeah, Nine Knives. Or nine Knives, like Seven Knives, however many <laughs> knives. Anna Darmus movie. Ooh, uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. That I'm excited for. Are you talking about yeah. Knives Out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the heck, you guys? Oh, my goodness. i for that. Why did I think Nine Knives? How come you didn't get cast know. in that, Jennifer Aniston, if you love cinema so much? Yeah. <laughs> So the Crime Stoppers, the, the central Okanagan branch of Crime Stoppers, is warning BC residents to be aware of an online Jeremy Renner romance scam. Romance scams have been around for a while. You meet somebody online, you get all lovey-dovey, and at some point, they ask you for money for something to help them. Oh, help it's, transport it's my them retirement or something. plan. I can't wait to meet an old lady. There you go. Paul Plastino's all and... over it. No, this is like real, and we joke about it, but I there was a story about a couple of weeks ago. I think April Lawrence did it with Czech News, and it was a man who got scammed for like 70 grand or something. Oh, man. After yeah. years and years of talking with this woman online who he'd never met. But he got catfish, right? It wasn't yeah. even a woman or something? Yeah. yeah. It oh. just hurts Brutal. to hear that's these stories. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Because, yeah, you're, you're, you're preying on people's hearts. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of scams out there. You know, there's the you've won money scam. There's the we are the FBI scam. But, yeah, these ones, they're just sort of extra so evil. For the what? Renner thing, do you have a description of the actual scam? Yeah, what's or? the Renner connection? One moment, please. Okay, so I read the article, okay. and basically it's peop- like online people pretending to be Jeremy Renner, but it's like Jeremy Renner's Twitter account has a blue check mark yep. in it. So Jeremy Renner, though, oh, had verified. to come out and tweet and go, 
you know, don't fall for these fake scams. It's a blue check mark. That's yeah. my actual account. <laughs> People are, women are falling for and, this romance scam. So, and then women are thinking that Jeremy Renner needs money? Contacting them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, asking for money or asking for airplane fees. Yeah, the fraudster tells his victims he needs cash to cover things like airport, uh, airfare and passport fees, which of course is totally natural for a star like Jeremy Renner to need money to come Some up with Some of he is the poorest Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this wouldn't end up being called catfishing. Catfished, it, you'd be hawk-eyed. <laughs> oh, there's a new version right there. So that's this the whole scam. It's Jeremy Renner Slid in my DMs. Yeah, they said I looked pretty, and then asked me for some money for a plane ticket. Dear fans, <laughs> says the uh, says Renner for real on Instagram. Please do not engage with any fakes on social media asking for money or anything else for that matter. Only visit official blue check sites on social media and my app for contests or offers that never ask for money. Except his app asks for money. Doesn't That's it? the thing. His app that was <laughs> what just a- shut down asked people for money. <laughs> what a roller coaster Jeremy Renner has been on in the last couple of years. You're Seriously. so right. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's bizarre. Here came Endgame, where he like is one of the big stars of this movie. Yeah. And he's like, wow, Hawkeye's cool now. Everybody likes Hawkeye. When did that happen? <laughs> and then now he's in the news for all these weird things, his personal life, the scam. It's all over the his place app, with Jeremy yeah. Renner. Frankly, it's endearing. I love you, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was... Cursed by that fucking haircut that he got in Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's, That's all awesome. I see now. He's badass, and now he's all over the place. Mohawk God. So we had big news this week uh, with the the longest, a 630 tweet tweet. Disney went, and they, they put up one tweet, and then they added 629 right comments or, or, or other replies. tweets replies yeah. thank you god bless it. the intern who had to sit there and fucking absolutely copy and paste that and shit. every mackerel. single one of them had an image and then they had the title and then they had the year and it was absolutely epic to try and scroll through and the frustrating thing for me anyways i tried to collect the a text file of all of them and i i have you know most of them but i, I didn't bring it but it's with the Ajax refresh of the Twitter page, you can't you can't just like load the whole thing and select all. It's it's only loading little bits at a time, so it's very difficult to get the entire list. But they listed this by decade, by by year that it came out, uh, starting from the 1940s and and ending with the Mandalorian. Cool. And it is a huge, insane list of movies. Over 600 movies, and you can't have Captain America: The Winter Soldier. What? What the fuck, Why? Disney? Why not? Uh, again, that's licensing, right? Like we were told, eventually all those films are coming. But yeah, you're right. Some of the key ones not there quite yet. My favorite movies, and you guys can't have it. Come on, I'm they're waiting. Gonna, I but think hey, they're going to wait till they sell some more of that box set. Mm. But hey, oh yeah, yeah, I could call <laughs> that box. Set. Lego Star Wars Droid Tales is coming from 2015. Oh, that's important. That's yeah. so Raven. Cool. Listen, you know what they really need to do? This actually, it's, it's an interesting point you bring up, but with the like un. Like how difficult it is to navigate and scroll, and like I looked at that thread and I scrolled for what felt like an hour, and then yeah. I was like, only a, you know, eight of the way through, and I was like, fuck no, yeah, it would stop, only load them thirty rid. at a time. You, what you need to do? Netflix hasn't really done a good job of it. Interestingly, Crave does a better job of it, um, and like uh, maybe Amazon Prime. But anyways, you know, like. Put these things in a in a way that makes sense. Oh, like a logical grouping to choose your yes. media. Yeah, it's yep. like I oh. want to be able to go to like the MCU and then be able to sort it like either chronologically or 
It's like, or I don't, I don't know. It's like whatever the different ways are. But you gotta group them together. If I go to a Star Wars section, I want to be able to, you know, decide how they are laid out for me in such a way that like makes either narrative sense or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all we've seen from the interface uh, shots of Disney Plus is that they are they're putting them into groups. Your National Geographic, your Marvel, that kind of thing. But yeah, beyond that, we don't know the second layer in how you get to organize and choose these things. Like I look up Indiana Jones on Netflix, and okay, great, they give me the Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones movies, but they're kind of like actually in the search function, like they're all kind of spread out, and there's other movies kind of mingled in and all that shit. It's like if I fucking search for Indiana Jones, give me the Indiana Jones movies in order. Yeah. End of story. Listen, how hard is it? Listen to us here. Like it's not good enough to have these titles <laughs> streaming twenty four seven. Well, tell you what, <laughs> this is supposed to be replacing my DVD collection, right? That's what you want for eight dollars a month. Guess what the fuck? My DVD collection was pristinely organized in a way that made good sense to me, and that's what I'm asking for. Well, maybe you should create the algorithm for this then. That's what we need. God damn, I got good ideas just giving them away for free on this Amazing. fucking podcast. <laughs> Action movie set at Disneyland. You would have loved my DVD collection back in the day. When I had kids, fucking all my DVDs are in the wrong cases. Yeah. So I'm not having yeah. kids. One last thing I'll say about the, uh, the Disney list is going through it, I was enlightened on just how many sequels Disney has made for things. In 2007, Thin Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, came out. <laughs> 2005, Lilo and Stitch 2. Stitch has a glitch. <laughs> yeah. Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. Like, it's so easy for me to find Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Like, really, the only sequels in Disney movies that I'm aware of? Lady and the Tramp 2, Doggy Style? Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, beyond the, the uh, Aladdin... You know, what, sequels. Return of Jafar? Why are we doing these? Mm -hmm. Now the third one was good. The fourth. I think the Emperor's New Groove has a sequel too. Kronk's New Groove. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And then they made a series out of it. <laughs> you know, when you lay them all out like that, um, if you want to be a parent who can just like put on a Netflix thing and just, you know, it's like if your kid is begging you to watch Aladdin for the hundred millionth time, you can be like, "How about Return of Jafar today? A different." Series of noises in my house, please. You know, this, this is good without having to shell out for the shitty VHS of that terrible sequel and all these terrible sequels. Oh, bad. More Disney uh, news. Uh, Disney wants to buy Spider-Man outright for $4 billion. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Of course they want it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they want it. That's the headline. Let's get some reality on this. Please yeah. do it. Sony's, they're not going to sell Spider-Man. They... Like, someone, if they have half a brain in that CEO group, they would not sell Spider-Man. No, because business, they're business people first, and then creative people second. Mm -hmm. So they're going to keep Spider-Man. Yeah. Why, why, why don't you just take the $4 million right now? You could, yeah. or they can make some shitty movies and still make money off of them. But that's riskier than having $4 billion in a bank, don't you think, as a, like a business person? Could be, but they are pretty far into developing their Spider-Verse. So... Like, how look, long? How the last two Spider-Man movies made over a billion dollars. Right. They did? Yeah. Homecoming? Yeah, I think so. Oh, those live ones? Yeah. Okay, so you only got to crank out four more movies and you get a right? billion dollars? Yeah, mm -hmm. you're getting your, yeah. your return. It's a basically. combination of money and, I think, pride. You know? Mm -hmm. Look what we built! Whether Maybe for Amy Pascal pride, but like for the yeah. other people, the, the big wigs, it's all business. Yeah. Of course yeah. we want them to sell, but they're not going to. Yeah. Last little bit of Disney news that uh, Kirsten, if she were here, would be super thrilled about. 
Dennis, maybe it's Denis Lawson, will be back in The Rise of Skywalker as Wedge Antilles. Wow. Whoopie fucking. <laughs> That is some fan service. We're scraping the bottom of the fan service barrel now. Hey, we, we, oh, have a, I love Wedge we don't get another trailer yet. Yeah. We have a good chunk of Batman-related news, though. First off is... Oh, the, I have another piece of Star Wars news. Sorry. Oh, okay. The bones of the actor that died in the back of Luke Skywalker's oh, snowspeeder in the beginning the action sequence on Hoth is going to make an appearance. So the, <laughs> the news is... The of the bones. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz will be playing Catwoman in the new Batman movie. Awesome! The Batman. What was Brian. The, why yeah. is there a cough flick cough? I don't... Uh, it's I, it? oh, it, I meant to say it's like the new Batman fleck. I mean flick. Uh, I get it. You see, kids, the Joker. <laughs> I still think that they made the Joker's uh, name in the movie Joker um, Arthur Fleck because it's initials would be a fleck funny a fleck is this thing that you knew Brian about Zoe Kravitz auditioning for the Dark Knight Rise yeah she actually had commented on this and I believe it was at that Comic Con panel or something that uh, <laughs> she said she auditioned for the Dark Knight Rises not as Catwoman I don't believe oh. but she's like I think she was like I'll take I'll roll in the Dark Knight Rises and she was told I believe by Warner Brothers that she was too urban "Quote unquote urban," which, uh, yeah, yeah. Which, I guess I think in Hollywood, I think that means they're not looking for black people. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's what exactly the, what that means. I know. Fuck this. That news really diminishes my now love for that trilogy. Actually, like what? Yeah, I'm serious. We could have had Zoe Kravitz instead of um, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Are you kidding me? And she would have been. Better in that role. How I dare think. you talk down? Zoe Kravitz is fantastic. She's one of the best parts of Big Little Lies. If you watch that show on HBO, um, yeah, she would be a phenomenal Catwoman. She would harken back to like the Eartha Kitt days and mm, like looks and appearance. I, you know, I think you know what probably it was is they were trying to make everyone forget about Halle Berry's Catwoman. Oh, yeah, we already had a black that's woman play Catwoman. Uh, but this is going to bring back some memories if we cast another <laughs> one. Yeah, which is come on. Uh, yeah. it's what, what? What about George Clooney? He was a white guy playing Batman. Couldn't do that twice in a row. Well, and that's the thing though is like they already did Batman Begins. They already did The Dark Knight. Nobody would have really remembered, you know, Halle Berry, exactly. Catwoman. Yeah, no. The Dark Knight Rises is easily the worst movie out of those three. Yeah, you're right? you're probably right. And I don't yeah. look. I don't hate Anne Hathaway in that movie, but like. And Cathaway. <laughs> Cathaway. But Zoe Kravitz would have been better. Yeah. And this, man, this is exciting about this new Batman movie, but what the fuck is going to be the tone of this movie? That's, yeah, because we were Great talking question. about that before, because um, uh, a story that just came out uh, a few hours ago was that Paul Dano was cast to play the Riddler. Now, if, you, if you've seen any of his movies, he's able to play, you know, some of the most, some of the, you know, most dark, some of the most fucked up characters in uh in cinema and he's like he's a young guy too and i remember seeing him in that uh hugh jackman movie um fuck i forget the name of it now uh not wolverine no hugh, not wolverine <laughs> I know. no he plays hugh jackman plays a father whose uh daughter goes prisoners missing. is that what prisoners, prisoners. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah so uh paul dano plays this guy who's got you know some mental issues he's living at home with his mom and he's one of the suspects of uh of you know the this case Good this movie, kidnapping case cool. and he plays that character so well that like i can see him playing like 
I guess, a dark version of the Riddler right. doing really well at it. But then that also makes me nervous in that maybe they're taking the wrong lesson again from Joker and trying to make this darker than it than it maybe should be. Especially Joker with- made money. Everything must be dark now. Yeah. Man, this Riddler, like, if you're going to put it into live action like this, it can be really hokey, like... We saw Jim well, Carrey, right? Yeah, I don't think it's going right. to be a Jim Carrey. <clears throat> yeah. um, so it's it's going to be probably a definitely far from a Jim Carrey kind of portrayal. It's interesting too. He's no longer called Edward Nigma. Oh, he's, really? Uh, Edward Nashton in this uh, movie. So he'll probably self uh, initiate a name change. I yeah, maybe or maybe they are trying to like kind of Arthur Fleck it, where they're trying yeah, to maybe. make it a little bit more grounded and realistic and. Did we did we see um, the the Edward Enigma from Gotham? Did anybody watch? Oh that? no! How was that? See, I didn't. I didn't like it was. It took a couple of years, so I didn't stick around until his actual uh, transformation into that into character. The but as the as the I think he was like the records of forensics guy in the police department. It's pretty good. Um, he was great. Yeah. yeah, like he you could see it coming, um, just sort of bubbling up under the surface, and his moments of. Of uh, you know little pricks of insanity coming uh, poking mm. through his his exterior. I thought the guy who did that was did it very well. Is he so? What's kind of, what kind of criminal is he? Is he like? Because here's the thing about the Riddler, and this is why I'm curious about the tone of this Riddle movie. Me this. Well, yeah, I mean, like, no, it's never really been done as far as I know. But you could take that character, and I would imagine, let's say, what Christopher Nolan would have done if he decided to do the Riddler. Oh, sure. Right? Is this like? Is it a serial killer who leaves like a series of you know like complicated clues back to you know? It's like big giant pop-up paper mache and cardboard and construction paper clues of the original <laughs> 60s Batman campiness. So like what is this Riddler going to be? So what was he in Gotham? Well, he was like the, the detail-oriented kind of forensic, I think it was forensics guy. Um, or he worked in records or something like that. But he was, and he was already making riddles and chains and follow this clue kind of thing oh. um, for, for people. He had an object of affection in, in the office and whatnot. But I thought it was perfect uh, a perfect way to write in his character because he was the forensics guy. Mm-hmm. He was like the guy that he was all about the tiny little specks of detail. And he picked out a bunch of things that other people like didn't. serial killers. Which is, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's where you get profilers kind of thing. He could be a profiler or he could go to the other side of it and be the guy who needs to be profiled. All right, that's an interesting way to put the Riddler. I was really lipping off the Riddler about a week ago with oh, some friends. Oh, do tell. I was just like... Which Riddler, too? Like, the Riddler's just ridiculous. Like, how can you make the Riddler, a, like Paul's been saying, how a, a credible, not hokey villain? Right, and you started with the name, the Riddler. Yeah, that's when you tough, start with the name, the Riddler. That's a tough yeah. one. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's because really the only... You know, big famous ones we've had is Frank Gorshin from the 1960s and Jim Carrey, who has admitted that he was doing his best impression of Frank Gorshin <laughs> from the 1960s, but in an over the top Jim Carrey way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, this this guy's Paul Dano guy, Book him Dano, <laughs> seems like the right casting choice, though, to make it an interesting character. I just pray that, you know. Art, did you see the Joker this week? No, I didn't get oh, to okay. see it. Yeah, so let's save because we can have more discussion. Yeah. you know when you do see it. But I'm sorry, one of the biggest problems I had with that movie was, you know, trying to do two things at once, trying to have this like serious story and character study of a person going and struggling with mental illness, as well as this little boy is going to grow up to dress like a bat and he's going to jump off roofs and he's going to have a cape and he's going to punch you like this like comic book shit in it. So. If that's what you're trying to do, and there's no ignoring it, 
right? If you're making a Batman movie, then a fucking guy in a Batman costume is running around. You don't do that in a way that's like the Joker, that mm. tone. Yeah. When like the more, and this isn't coming out until 2021, so we're still early days here. Yeah. The more and more these characters are starting to get announced, if there's like one or two more villains even yet to be announced, we're running into Schumacher territory here. Uh, like, <laughs> this is just going to be about the names. Totally. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Interesting headline. Jared, Le- Jared Leto was distraught by the decision to cast Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Quiet, yeah. you. You had your chance. You farmed it. And you fucking blew it. <laughs> Shut up. Felt betrayed. Yeah, he knew his Joker would just be non-existent after that he just knew it yeah i'm just not sure how it's a headline like uh, of course you would and okay there's gonna be a list of forgotten jokers and he's gonna be on it right right i'm so sorry you were in the worst movie to feature the character and you did the worst job of it it's not like you're even your performance stands out of a bad movie as being the bright spot it's like it's hard to watch it's shitty i think he's it's now that he's he, uh he's seen a really good performance of the joker mm. he's i think maybe cringing because he there was all those articles that was released about how he was method acting the joker and he's he sent will smith like a severed animal head or whatever as a gift because he was method acting his oh, joker yeah yeah so uh i think maybe Seriously. now he's cringing he's like well maybe i uh, shouldn't have made a fool out of myself because <laughs> i saw that dylan and jason the morning zone put out a uh, post on like who's the best joker or whatever oh right. and there were a few people that had put like jared leto like on the top and i'm just like, you couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you could try. Maybe they're 30 Seconds to Mars fans. I don't know. <laughs> no, but again, just, that's, that's, chat rooms that's the de- democratic world we live in. We're all entitled to our opinions. He yeah. could just want to find those people. Yeah. <laughs> Sit them down. and Talk some sense into them. Uh, Jared Leto could have done wrong. a better job. I don't know why he didn't do a better job. I, I, like, after... He was trying to do his own thing and put his own stamp on it after Heath Ledger, but why not go back now closer to the comics? Why not try and be like the Mark Hamill Joker in some ways? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, God, just the, like, the gangster rap version of the Joker? How fucking terrible. <laughs> it was bad. I was very surprised, honestly, when I heard uh, Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2 in Joker. And uh, now it's, uh, it's uh, another headline. Gary Glitter won't get royalties from Joker, but they might remove uh, and or replace that track anyway. Really? Yeah. Why, so why won't he? Because he like because he's a convicted pedophile yeah, and he just I, doesn't get money? Yeah, I would think that's certainly... Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't... And then, so what? So now they're not going to... Oh, he sold his rights to the song and the rest of his music over, oh, two, okay. over two decades ago. So there's that. Um, and yeah, they don't pay him any royalties or consideration. So that must have been like an oversight from the music supervisor. Heck or of an oversight. Heck though. of an oversight for yeah. like such a big movie for like Warner Warner Brothers' biggest movie. Yeah. The speculation um, is that they pay between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars for the rights to use that song. Brian, insane. As like a music director and a DJ, did you find this was another one of my huge beefs with this movie? that the music choices were so fucking lazy and uninspired. There were two mo- there were two songs, like real-world songs, that were inserted into this movie that I thought, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why these songs? Number one was Gary Glitter. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what a dumb choice as he's dancing. Like, in what's supposed to be a big climactic scene. Seems so strange. W- w- didn't fit. 
Maybe it was like time appropriate, so someone just looked up like a song from 1981 and See, just slammed it. That's in the only reason I thought of it because I mean, yeah. even in the opening of the movie, they show they showed the era appropriate Warner Brothers logo, right? You know, yeah, with yeah. the the rounded the dot and and, and the, the gay blade of Zorro is right, also right. was in theaters at the time. I get that, but like, wh- why that song? Why? Why? What, like just just thematically and t- to enhance the movie and be the soundtrack of the movie. What a lazy. Fucking choice that was, and the other one was when he's driving. He's like he's riding in the car, and a white room by Cream is on the radio. Mm. Why? Why yeah. that song? Why? Because why? He's going to a padded room, I guess. Maybe lazy, uninspired, shitty choices. Compare that even. And I know it's they're totally different movies and a totally different tone you're going for, but compare that to the choices that James Gunn made for Guardians of the Galaxy, both soundtracks. Which are like a little bit more kind of, you know, you dive in and they they are both appropriate for the time, appropriate for like who would be choosing them, but also enhance the movie? Yeah. What are you doing? Gary Glitter? Yeah. What the fuck? Because it's either that, it's either laziness or it's somebody kind of trying to be that, you know, um, James Gunn, Tarantino-esque person. But made the wrong fucking choices. Yeah. Something tells me you guys didn't like this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, you haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I've been trying oh, to stay right, away right. from the the yes, talk right. of it, but I'm starting to get the the feel here. Brutal, <laughs> brutal music choices. I don't understand. So what are they going to replace it with, Bud? It doesn't say. The New York Post reports that Warner Brothers is considering removing it from DVD and video on demand. But uh, you know, and they reached out. To but see, even else, that but... kind of ruins. <laughs> it just yeah. Whoa, oh man. Those are things that you could have looked at before you released Absolutely. this movie. Absolutely. It you know? seemed, it, it was one of those break me out of the reality of the movie yeah. points. Yeah. And the whole movie was such a reality. And then I'm just like, hold the phone. And then it, my mind just went, boop. Who made this choice? Like, yeah. what executive made this decision about this movie? I'm no longer in Arthur Fleck's world. I'm just like, wow. Complete, that took me right out. Especially because it was like, it felt like the music was in his head. Yes, yeah. Right? And so it's like, why would he be a big fan of, like... Jock jams. See, and that's the thing. Like, rock. I that's that's what I thought too. The music's in his head. He's just dancing to it. Nobody else hears it. But yes, nothing else in the movie led me to believe that there, that that would be the song that he would triumphantly have in his head, going for his big moment. No, no, no. <laughs> Terrible choice on so many leathers. But news is that the most popular type of pornography on popular pornography website, Pornography Hub, is the Joker porn. Why? And and who is it? Is it women wanting to be have sexed with with the Joker? Is it men who want to do ladies who have makeup on? What the fuck? Can you look it up right now, bud? Nope. P-O-N. <laughs> put it in there. Just dial it up and see Did what we got going. Did you just say P-O-N, on? by the way? Joker porn. C-O-P. Sorry, I never look it up. It's P... <laughs> It's bookmarked already. (laughs) To look it up. I want to see what's on there. What is this? Bud's not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. He's not going to do it. No. What about about sex sex gifts? (laughs) Joker sex gifts. Okay, private browser and... Okay, we have one last story in the Joker collection of things. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earth will reveal a bit more about what happened to Batman 89 after Batman Returns. Um, right. Wow. Yes, because it's funny. There's a, there were a lot of um, clickbaity articles saying that uh, 
um, Michael Keaton's Batman to appear in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm -hmm. And then I saw it as like, oh, okay, this is what's happening, is that you're going to see a newspaper, the Gotham City Gazette, and then he's just going to be on the front page, like an old picture of Michael Keaton. And the headline reads, Wayne Tech CEO Bruce Wayne to marry socialite Selena Kyle. Which gives a little bit of an update about what happens, you know, after Batman returns. And one, Catwoman's alive, yeah. of which I guess, spo- oh, I guess spoiler alert. I don't know. <laughs> spoiler alert for Batman eighty nine. Yeah, I don't. Batman <laughs> Returns. Oh, um, but uh, so yeah, so that's she's alive. The 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 cat at the end of it was a little clue, but uh, but uh, yeah, so she's alive, and then she's a socialite now. She's no no longer what was she like a secretary or like. A, yeah, she's come out of the shadows of, yeah. I can't remember specifically what it was, but it was, yeah, it was just not as prominent. So, Crisis on Infinite Earths is, um, because I'm seeing all these stories about, oh, this is going to be all, like, the the Superman universes, and are you still looking up porn, Joker yes, porn, on your phone? Paul. Look at you. Jesus. Jeez. Um, oh, my God. It's, hey, stop. It's going to update all these, like, it's going to update the Kingdom Come universe of Superman, like the Christopher Reeves universe. It's going to uh, show you what happened in the Smallville universe. I'm seeing all these stories about what's being added on to it. Like, the guy that played Robin in the 60s Batman oh, television show man, is going to be crazy. in this. What, really? Bert yeah. Ward? Yeah. Oh, Bert Unbelievable. Ward. So there's going to be so many things that you can uh, glean out of this. My... And, oh, and, and Titans, like the DC's Titans. Like no the, way. They're going to draw they're those gonna in, in too? Amazing. Yeah, so they're going to be in. Um, my thinking of this is that I guess this is just going to be episode by episode. You're going to see all these you know, these people. One episode's going to be the, taking place in the Smallville universe. One episode will be taking place in the Kingdom Come universe. One episode will take place in, like, the Batman 89 universe or it whatever. It is such a neat idea, such an ambitious and and cool idea. But could be a mess. I was going to say, I just hope it works for them, because if not, wow. That's the one thing DC prides itself on, though, is, like, television shows. Though I, I heard Batwoman did get horrible reviews. Oh, is that so? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, this, to me, strikes me as, like, uh, fan service unapologetically mm. shamelessly just like we're, we're doing everything we ever wanted to <laughs> fucking do here it is yeah. this is just here you go everybody watch the things you dream about we have the power we have the technology we're just gonna do it it'll be interesting though i like as i'll probably end up watching just to see um what they do with you know the smallville you know universe yeah. connection that's so do you watch smallville till all the uh not all of it not a lot of it right I think after season seven, everybody just kind of got tired. Well, I was just like, when are you going to be fucking Superman already? You know? <laughs> so so it's pretty generic looking porn dudes just okay, wearing like a green wig green. and the makeup. And then, oh, okay. and then it's, Thanks for the update. And then yeah. pretty generic looking porn girls wearing Harley Quinn wig. Honestly. That's what I would have guessed. Uh, yeah. So Halloween we costumes. have a trailer for <laughs> Doolittle, which will come out in January 2020. With Robert Downey Jr. as Dr. Doolittle. Uh, Tom Holland and Rami Malek are also going to be in it. And yeah, this trailer came out. And it's, you know, the, it, if you know, it's Dr. Doolittle. He can talk to animals. It's a very, you know, sort of predictable storyline. They'll, they'll do what they'll do to build out the world and give it its tension and whatnot. And Robert Downey Jr. is Dr. Doolittle. And I just, maybe I've just seen him as Iron Man too much, but I just can't get over 
his accent. Oh, and you know cool. what? I, I heard that uh, Eddie Murphy was distraught by this decision <laughs> to uh, cast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good work. And we can all rest Excellent. easy that Robert Downey Jr. can still book jobs after Iron Man. Yep. Yeah. We can yep. all sleep. Yeah, but what the fuck kind of accent is he doing in this trailer? It's very strange. It's I read a thing strange. that, like, this guy does not need to work ever again in his life. And, in fact, he probably not. shouldn't. He's probably, like, take a little while off and, you know, it's like, renovate his house again. Have you ever seen Robert Downey Jr.'s house? He lives in, like, a lighthouse or something. Anyways, um, so I think I heard that he took this movie because he just loves the story. Loves hmm. Doolittle or something like that. Hmm. So he's an interesting he, dude. Uh, he is, and some people are saying he is becoming Tony Stark. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty much is. Did you see that? That's his, what he should do in his off time. You see his interview with <laughs> Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah, he wore the uh, Bruce Lee DJ shirt that uh, he wore right. in Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so the CGI looks absolutely garbage on this. Like I don't think the modern audiences remember or give a shit about Doctor Doolittle. Anybody? Anybody? Hmm. It's just one more recycled thing. It's yeah, just yeah. one more poppy culture thing that, ooh, ah, they're doing it, and can we please have something original? And I feel like if you are in love with Robert Downey Jr. so much, like, not Iron Man, but Robert Downey Jr., maybe you'll go and see it. You just love his performances. But, like, I didn't see the Sherlock Holmes he was in. Uh, I did. That was not bad. It wasn't bad. The yeah. first one, anyway. Okay. Yes, agreed. The first one. Well, yes, yeah, so there was some neat premises to it, and just the, the the looking into his um his thinking process. But uh, yeah. Uh, okay, and then, so <laughs> you just that times the worst CGI I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Why? It's not amazing. Disney's just got this this uh, roster though of actors, hey, willing to do like because there was also the. Um, uh, the Jungle Cruise trailer that came out, and it's with Mary Poppins. Uh, what's her name? Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yes. So it's with Emily Blunt and The Rock, right? And right. Uh, Treasure this, Island. N- well, <laughs> yeah. So it's the Jungle Cruise. So they oh, see, the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they seem kind of like fairly. Well, I guess ridiculous to me, but like maybe family friendly plots and and just kind of using the properties that they currently have and this one is based on the jungle cruise ride and flexing their celebrity muscle yeah and it's and it's that's all it seems like to me. i don't think the rock is in enough movies (laughs) (laughs) and i think they yeah they managed to squeeze them into the smallest shirt in uh, (laughs) outfit in this yeah uh, this one i'm i'm less mad about than doolittle because it's a little you less know. CGI in this too. Yeah, looks like that. And um, once again, here it's—I guess it's Disney. Look at that! This is, so we're watching the trailer right now. Doesn't that, that look amazing. like that's two, three sizes too small? Yeah, that he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, he comes um, swinging in on vines into the ship, dusts off his hat, and yeah, he's wearing a tiny shirt. You could say the exact same thing though. That like it's out of ideas. Let's go back and farm our amusement park rides for stories. How do you make a two-hour movie though out of? A 15-minute ride. I know. Pirates of the Caribbean. How do you do it? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? So they had that one success. They tried it one time. It worked. And not not only do you go back and, um, you know, make Pirates of the Caribbean to death, but you go and (laughs) now you mind the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy and this. I don't know. Well, and again, uh, a lot of these must be business uh, decisions, too. Especially with with the Jungle Cruise, because, like, the Jungle Cruise is still currently a ride. And this also references, like, the one, the part in the trailer is, like, behold the backside of water. 
that's the line that's constantly said yep. if you've ever taken the Jungle Cruise more than once at Disneyland. Yeah. It's yeah. probably the only consistent line. Yeah. The, the Disney crossover promotions through their movies, through everything is going to be just out of control here for the next little while. There's oh, a bunch sure. of like business people who just love the word synergy. And I think when the Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out yeah. and it was successful and then like they saw ridership up at Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride and their properties, they were just like, oh, synergy. Yeah, right? Haunted Mansion next. So that's who is driving these decisions. But look at bad decisions, probably. But I don't know. Could be fun. It could be. A, it looks like something I haven't seen before. Something I would enjoy. Maybe it'll be fun. I, I don't know. It's gonna Again, increase I'm not going to sit here and say Pirates of the Caribbean. What a dumb idea. Fair. When fair. it's my favorite movie. Yeah. So maybe it'll increase the time for the lineup of that uh, ride from 15 minutes to an hour, probably. Again, for <laughs> Because <laughs> you know? everyone's like, oh, you want to go get some Dole Whip? Oh, there's a lineup too long. Oh, you want to do this? No, the lineup's too long. Oh, let's just go to the Jungle Cruise again. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> it's no longer going to be your quick lineup uh, go to. <laughs> let's go through the Tarzan Treehouse. <laughs> I think scared the pants off a number of people that I know. What, the Tarzan tree is? Uh, yeah, because there's that moment, there's that thing where you, you're not sure what, it's sort of like a, uh, there, it's, it's behind sort of like this window and you stick your head into the window to see what's going on and they fire jets of air at you and then a big roar and, oh yeah, there's some, there, there are people, yeah. Awesome. Chaperone a band trip. And, I'm sure um, that'll be in a movie one day. Undoubtedly, yeah, yeah. exactly. It'll be a perfect <laughs> element to a movie. Uh, so next in There Are No New Ideas, a prequel to Training Day is in the works at Warner Brothers surrounding the Rodney King. Okay. Right. But that is interesting, though. That. When you make it uh, you know, based around a real-world event like that. Absolutely. Because I, I read that my like my graph of interest as I was reading that sentence was just like, no, 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 bad. Oh, 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 okay. Back up again to the mm -hmm. Rodney King. I, so they're like going to de-age Denzel Washington for this? No, I, see, and that's the thing is this is like... One part of me doesn't think that anybody else can play uh, Alonzo Harris the way that Denzel Washington played it. So, like, it's like you have to have Denzel Washington, but then he's way too old for yeah, how, you know, how? showing him in the 90s. Michael B. Jordan. Mike, could be, my, my, it could yeah. be Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Can you do a do Denzel that. impression? Or can you do a sequel that just has different characters? And well, no, the, it will follow a younger version. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is about... On that. Uh, Alonzo Harris. That's why I sent yeah. you guys in the in the prep. I was like, well, I think Jay Farrow is going to be casting this. <laughs> you know, yeah, just be using his Denzel impression. I hadn't seen that movie in so long, Training Day, and I watched it a couple of months ago, I guess, and I just, it was so good. Like, I forgot how good it was. Oh, it's a great movie. It really is fantastic. So, this is just, there's an interesting part in this article where, let's see, Denzel's son, John David Washington, is 35 years old, sounds like his father, and is filming in Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Has anyone seen the trailer for Tenet? No. I, I don't. Nolan's working on a new movie right now? I think I maybe have seen it. What's it about? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. It looks like, like, dude in space and weird things happen. Uh, okay, this is very Oh, wait, radio. this is the one with the T, yeah, because he always... Um, releases a teaser trailer that where, as you have no idea what the fuck is happening. Yes, that's um, very. Yeah. I think I've seen that teaser trailer, and then that. Yeah. Sorry, this is great radio. Ten well, I'll minutes. say maybe the greatest teaser trailer that has ever been put out was the one for The Dark Knight. Do you guys remember Tell that one? Tell me about that. I don't remember that. So basically, it was just uh, it was just voiceover, and then it's just a black screen, and then you kind of it kind of like cuts out, and you see like white shots of light, and it 
becomes a bat at the end. Oh, right, but right. But it was just like, has the Joker talking in the background, has uh, Bruce Wayne having a conversation with Alfred. Right. And yeah, and it ends with the Joker like laughing. And it's just like, wow, this, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. So yeah, again, we have a, a Christopher Nolan, what in the world is going on kind of teaser. Uh, just a guy in a room touching bullet holes in the the cage reinforced glass there's clouds of smoke it's very so that's denzel confusing. washington's son apparently so wow yeah that's denzel washington's son dude from ballers dude from um john david washington oh and robert pattinson too yeah that looks good that looks really good what? man christian nolan's good okay I'm black clan dude from black clansman that's denzel washington's son i guess Yes, it is. Yeah, as Ron Stallworth. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's cool. All right. Anyway, um, Will Smith is developing a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air spinoff series to go with his uh, Bel-Air athletics line of clothing, I guess. (laughs) Wait, is he going to be in this? No. Maybe. maybe He he could be the Uncle Phil. Phil. Ah, there you go. Oh, poor Uncle Phil. Remember that that, uh, shot of him bungee jumping, and then he kind of looks back down at at the camera in selfie mode, and he looks exactly like Uncle Phil? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Or it's Carlton doing the Tom Jones the whole time. But I think... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Alonzo Romero would be in the (laughs) show, but you know what? I doubt that Will Smith is going to... Agree to filming a schedule. This filming schedule of a sitcom. No. Oh no. Right. Sure. So like it, that would be the headline of the story is that Will Smith's going to be in the movie. Oh sure. Yeah. No. Or a short story uh, or a TV De- show. Developing is a whole different thing. And yeah. And yeah. it's it's just like reportedly in development. So I mean, it's just they're talking about it. It's early days. They just wanted a headline, but it's still kind of interesting. Will Smith is like unstoppable, unstoppable in media right now. And yeah, and also just did release a line of Bel Air Athletics um, <laughs> clothing. The best, my favorite one is the sort of the, the sh- slightly shiny blue, um, I don't even know what you call it, like that, like, not a varsity jacket, but like the jacket with the sort of... Letterman jacket? Maybe, no, it's like, an, it's like an athletic jacket. It's that thin sort of windbreaker material, right. but on the inside it's got that gaudy red plaidish kind of <laughs> Um, liner, and you can turn it inside out just yeah. like you do. I was going to get a hat. I, I I was choosing between two different hats, one that was uh, uh, Bayside Tigers oh, and geez. one was uh, Bel Air Academy, but that Bel Air Academy <laughs> one did have like the inside liner of his like, Bel Air Academy jacket, so oh, like that man. weird design. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did I do? Sorry, that's not you. That was me. I just, I sorry, 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 sorry. My, I guess my finger was on this button, and so I just punched something different. Through. Oh, the radio went? Oh. oh, and none of you have headphones on, so I was no. the only one who heard that. Suddenly, so, Gorillaz is blasting that was, in my ears. That was close. You almost overreacted there. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. But, Brian, you're a big Fresh Prince fan, right? Like, th- doesn't the world need <laughs> a show like this? No. Like, not a reboot. <laughs> it doesn't, but it's like, good The world doesn't need any more reboots. I don't, like, I say... Agree. I mean, I'll watch him, but I don't agree that the, the world needs it. Oh, I won't watch it, but like, good for people who want to watch it. Yeah. Really? No, okay. I think we're in we're in an age. View. I think the thing is, we're in an <laughs> age of there. like nostalgia, yeah. where it's like people want to be nos- nostalgic and um, figureheads at these big kind of companies, these entertainment you know companies. They know that, and they know that these will sell, yeah. so people will watch it. Yeah. It will have an audience. You know, that's what I was talking about a couple of year, a couple of weeks ago with that Saved by the Bell update, um, or that the the new series that's going to be launching with uh, NBC's 
you know, the peacock. Right. So. With two two of the stars, you know, and it's just, yeah, people people love their nostalgia for whatever reason, and it seems... No, move on. Oh, let's, let's go. Bell, though, was like, <laughs> fluff. At least Fresh Prince was like, had some good messages and stuff, you know, it was like wholesome, good entertainment. Hey, sure. there's no hope with dope. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't have Fuller House again, because Aunt Becky's going to jail. She sure is. Right, yeah. So the last piece of news we have is that uh, Netflix is turning the Bone comics by Jeff Smith into an animated TV show. But I was happy to hear that you are familiar with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I maybe I maybe have flipped through um, an issue or two. I, I love, I've always, I've always loved the artwork of Bone. Same. Yeah, just I, so. It's award winning. I think that's why it's so beloved is yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's like you just. The characters are so interestingly generic. Yes, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, right. Like very low on features and specificity, and yeah, it's kind of. I and I think that's done so that maybe you can project yourself onto it. You know, there's not yes. too much to yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so neat idea. Um, again, no new ideas, but uh, I think <laughs> this might this one might be ripe for a new audience. Totally. Well, Calvin and Hobbes. No, never. No, never, 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 never. No. Why do you not want it to ruin? Bill Watterson it is felt in your head. very strongly, and he fought for years during the initial comic run of Calvin and Hobbes to never have it licensed for anything other than the comic strip. Comic strip. He, it was his creation. He created it to be in the comics, and he didn't want um, it ruined or tainted by what you could do with licensing. He turned down a fortune. Can you imagine oh, how many stuffed Hobbs would sell? How many t- yeah. action figures of Calvin? F- fuck, just the p- Calvin peeing on shit mm. bumper stickers that he never saw a dime from. That yeah. Those knockoff things. Those he, and he sugar specific- bombs. God, I want yes. that cereal. Yeah. Yes, there's so much creativity in that comic strip that he could have mined for billions of dollars, probably, as well as a, like a cartoon show. But I remember him in specifically saying about a cartoon show, he never wanted... To have to decide what Calvin's voice sounded like. Oh, what a good Having call! To cast someone, whether it's someone who's really good at like kids' voices, like say Billy West. Oh, sure. Or versus like an actual child actor, or like whatever. But like you, he couldn't do it because it's always going to be wrong to somebody. <laughs> it's always you know? wrong to somebody yeah. who loves Calvin. That's right. Well, hey, Gary Larson broke eventually, and now we got the Far Side somehow coming back to the internet. So who knows? We'll see what Bill Watterson does. In but the on his terms. True enough. Right. True enough. And so that's what Watterson. So yeah. What I like. yeah sorry, I didn't need to interrupt you about Bone or whatever. No, that's okay. No, it's, a, it's no, an interesting. You bring point. up a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. just what it reminded me of. That Calvin and Hobbes will never. But and again, so this is this is Jeff Smith who created this comic. Yep. And you know, created it sure to be a comic, and and but now decides decided that he doesn't have those issues, and he doesn't mind casting a voice for these people. Maybe he has one in his head that you know that's part of his creative process, and so he's going to do it as a cartoon. And I think that's great because again, like I said, the big one of the biggest things about the Bone comic strip was its visuals, and so if he's involved in the creation of the cartoon, that would be hopefully great. that will be maintained. Yeah. And of course, you know, you want the creator of it kind of steering the ship. Yeah, and again, as long as you have a good team underneath you, you follow along with how Jeff Smith lays it out, and he can supervise it and make sure that it's falling within, you know, how you would animate Bone could be a thing of it, of, of its uh, unto itself. So, yeah, hopeful. I remember I only read the first like few issues of Bone because they came. At the back of a Disney Adventures magazine. Did you oh, guys ever read no. that as a kid? Oh my God! In like the nineteen, I guess nineties, 
Disney Adventures was this like digest sized magazine. I had no idea that it so was cool. incredible. It had all kinds of crazy shit in it, like comics and like little articles for children to read about like movies and stuff and like who's going to be on the cover. It was often mm. uh, a live action movie star intermingling with like Disney characters. It was it was rad. I I had a subscription. I think I have like all the or had all the issues. It's like anyway, it's Bone for kids, which yeah. is yeah yeah. Bone is like not a Disney thing, but somehow some weird deal went in where there was these the first few issues of Bone were at the back of a couple of issues of Disney Adventures. That's hmm. so cool and random. I yeah. love it. And I've so I've always been like had that in the back of my mind. This like great looking comic strip, but I actually never picked up. You know, any of the of the bone because I think it, there's a lot of comics. This makes me happy. This is a quote from Jeff Smith. I've waited a long time for this. Netflix is the perfect home for Bone. Fans of the books know that the story develops chapter by chapter and book by book. An animated series is exactly the way to do this. Yeah. The team at Netflix understands Bone and is committed to doing something special. This is good news for kids and cartoon lovers all over the world. That alone, that makes me excited for it. Let's do some reviews and recommendations. Who saw El Camino? This guy. Sorry. Oh, that's it. You didn't, uh, Paul? You didn't? Okay. No, no, I keep seeing the like that trailer thing that pops up when you hover on it on Netflix. Yeah. And I look and I'm like, oh, should I? Eh, feels like work. More breath, more breath, feels of, like the, work. More <laughs> breath of the wild for Paul. Yeah, seriously. It, like, I don't know, man. Is it, it looks hard to watch. I won't uh, go too far into it, but it was good. It was as good as I expected it to be. Uh, did it need to exist? <laughs> I don't know. I think it tells you a lot about what, for me, when I watched it, what uh, the creator, Vince Gilligan, how he felt about Jesse Pinkman's character. Hmm. Like, for me, it was like, I think he was saying that Jesse Pinkman is the hero of the story. Oh, that's 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 what I glean from it. The entire Breaking Bad story. Yeah, the entire oh, Breaking shit. Bad story. And there's some cameos in this uh movie i won't say who no i know they, they uh, got ruined for me <laughs> oh no dang uh there's, some, there's, there's no there's some there's some really nice moments though in this movie and um <clears throat> yes there was a joke about a few of the characters not uh in flashback scenes looking a little bit overweight because they obviously look different now. This, gotta address it. Yeah, you know, you gotta address that because they, they're seven years fatter in real life. Because they're seven years fatter <laughs> in real life. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I like the overall story of it. Picks up right at the end of Breaking Bad, the the very end of Breaking Bad, and it just takes off running. Uh, and some people, have, some critics have said that it was boring and slow, but I don't think so. It's just like any other episode or run in the uh, series in Breaking Bad. It's a spit. It's a slow burn, and it. It builds. It how builds long is the something. episode? Or how I, long is the movie? Yeah, I'd say like an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes or something like that. Really? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely worth worth a watch, though. It, it's as good as I thought it was going to be. Well, when you say that, that it reframes Jesse Pinkman's character throughout the entire series of Breaking Bad to like really present him as the hero. I think so, yeah. That makes me interested, actually. Because, you know, it's like it was supposed to be just a Walt, Walter White story. Yeah, and he's the anti-hero. The show is about an anti-hero. Yeah. When you put Jesse, who really like wasn't in the last half of the last season, right? He just like he gets kidnapped, he's in a he cage. gets beat up, he's in a cage, he's like at the lowest point of life. Fucking Nazis have him. Like, yeah, he just fell off. Yeah, and all he was that he was the damsel in distress, really, for Walt to save to somewhat redeem himself. That's right. That's, exactly. That's his role in the yeah. ending of that show. So, sure. so maybe this is 
does uh, serve a purpose. I think when that's the thing is like when you when it comes to sequels or when it comes to movie versions of like say a television show, it feels like to me my favorite thing about something like that would be uh, for it to make you think of the thing you watched previously in a different light. Right. Right, that's kind of what I'm hoping this Black Widow movie does for Marvel. Oh, right? Yeah, right, where it's yeah, just like call. they're telling an old, they're telling a prequel story, but maybe this puts her sacrifice or whatever in, into a different light and be like, uh-huh. oh, okay, now I understand. Yeah, right, right? Right, right, and the same thing with this is that you're looking at a character throughout all of Breaking Bad in one way, and then you see this movie that's about an hour and twenty minutes long, yeah. and it makes you kind of rethink. Oh, maybe I should rewatch Breaking Bad now, thinking about this. You know? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's that deep, but I do think that, and maybe it was just me, that Vince Gilligan was saying something about Jesse Pinkman by creating this story, making, you know, going to great lengths to create a movie in secrecy, right, that nobody knew that was happening, just to say something about one of his main characters. I saw a lot of, like, glowing reviews, not from critics, weirdly, I haven't seen anything about that, but from like other celebrities that seemingly have nothing to do with the Breaking Bad universe. So like Weird Al was at the premiere. And wow, really? Yeah, and saying like how great it was. Huh. And um, there were other people too, I can't remember everyone. But but what struck me about that was is like, okay, was the movie all really all that great or do you love Vince Gilligan and the yeah. Breaking Bad universe and just want to be on his good side or like or just or like you know, prop up someone who you think is good in the industry. And that's, I think, I think Vince Gilligan has like weirdly a bunch of good faith with a bunch of people or like, you know, people like him as a person. Yeah. It strikes me as a good guy in that way. Folks, do we have anything else? Because um, I'm going to cut it off here because again, for some reason, without Kirsten James in the room, we have talked for a long time. <whistles> we're almost at 90 minutes here. So wow. um, we're almost at a full Breaking Bad movie. Oh! <laughs> Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Nothing pressing. Uh, you can reach us geekoutatthezone.fm. Nothing this week. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We have the Geek Out Podcast page, which we need for the Geek Out Podcast group. And the group is... How redundant, Zuckerberg. Why? <laughs> and what, group- do you get a nickel per page that exists? Christ. And the group is generally where you want to be because that's where all the uh, all the discussion happens. We're all on equal terms. It's not like we're a page and we are issuing this statement. No, you can post. You can we talk about it's 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 a great uh, way to, to discuss things. Why not combine the two? How horrible! And now here's Fuck a Facebook. friendly hello from another member of the Zones Podcast family. Hey, do you like hockey? Art, I'm talking to you. Do you like hockey? I kind of like hockey. Yeah, I kind of like it too. I also really, really like the Vancouver Canucks, even though they're going through a bit of a rough patch right now. Yeah, they suck. This on old-time hockey. You're ruining it. I don't know if that's a nice thing to say, Art. We're trying to get people to listen to our podcast about the Canucks. Well, the thing about our podcast is it's awesome because the Canucks suck. It's fucking embarrassing! Well, it's just awesome regardless. So why don't you give it a listen? Mm Mm-hmm. Where can we find it? iTunes, Podbean, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Boom. Listen. All of our podcasts may be found at thezone.fm slash podcast. Kirsten James may be found on the internet on Instagram at kirsten.james. I think everybody who was in the Civic 
after we gave away the Zones uh, Selfless Summer CRV. So that's uh, Lauren, Paul, Jenny, Kirsten, and myself. I think we have all now posted that photo that mm. you took with your phone on the hood of the Civic uh, on Mount Talmy. Uh, we just went up there and str- struck a little fun bunch of poses, and that was great. So I wasn't in that picture. You, you were in not the in the Civic. Yeah, because I was doing all the work. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can find that on Grinch. What else is new, hey, Brian? <laughs> you can maybe now time to strike a pose. <laughs> <laughs> so you can maybe find that photo on Kirsten James's <laughs> Instagram, which is Kirsten.James. Art Aronson. At Art Aronson. Uh, also, Between the Stammers, which you can find at thezone.fm under our podcast network. Paul Plastino. What? <laughs> He's been planning that all podcast. No, I have not. Absolutely. No, I wanted to take this time to clarify that I would love the old woman that I would seduce to scam her out of her fortune. Oh, jeez. Okay. I just, that is, I, I just, I meet a rich old woman. I seduce her. I love, I live with her probably for a couple of years until she dies. But then I have her, like Lex Luthor and Superman Returns, sign all of her money and her yacht and her helicopter over to me. That's my retirement plan. Very oh, rich, everybody. Yes, and he know. would do sex to her in Joker makeup. Absolutely. If that's what she was into whatever she wants and that my friends is called getting plastino <laughs> <laughs> yes hashtag getting plastino brian boytano 913 twitter and instagram dj boytano on facebook Woo! i'm webmeister button on socials this has been the geek out podcast episode 55 thanks for hanging around bye the geek out podcast is a production of the zone at 91.3 the views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.